The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> you are listening to the Burrows of Berea. Welcome back to the Burrows of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Billy I Candy Kimsey. Like a whatchamacallit bar, and you'll have to look up that slogan. <laughs> <laughs> some of us want, some of us remember it. Oh, do you? What yeah. is it? The watch McCall it. Yeah. What's the, what's the slogan? slogan? The rice crispy oh, treat with chocolate and caramel on. wrapped around it. Do you mm. know it? Oh yeah. Oh, I gotta hear it. <laughs> More than a mouthful. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I see where he went with that. Fire. <laughs> You're gonna run out of wow. candy. We're all going to <laughs> hell. We are going there's straight all to over hell. The world, bro. Hey, did somebody <laughs> listen to Bill Evans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And straight out of Compton, Ralph Represent. Hicks. To my right, Sarita the Rita Edgerton. Hola. And behind the glass, with his little, little putty tats, <laughs> Rocket Man, Andy Bishop. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see Super Troopers? I'm going to get that purse sound from the last oh, episode. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. funny. Oh, anyway, yes. Do you remember what he was like? License and registration, meow. meow. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. That was. Yes, meow. Yeah. Yes, meow. And they did it in such a way that you're like, that you believe that, like, <laughs> in the right context, you would just, like, kind of not notice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really well How done. many times can you meow before this guy picks up and on it? What's the other guy just ends up walking up to the car and yelling meow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we are back for the, uh, the Esther Chapter 6. We do not have Cherry Lewis in the studio. Uh, Cherry is going to be in uh, going to Idaho. Uh, I believe, actually, while we're recording this, she's not, but she is going to Idaho again to the reservation to be with those kids. And so uh, it's really awesome. She had a great time last year, and so she's going again this year. And actually, she's taking her grandchildren with her, which is going to be kind of cool. You know, uh, I wouldn't want to fly with kids, but hey, (laughs) it's all up to you. Uh, Anyway, but now this story... um, I got to get my head into Esther here. Yeah, Yeah. get your head into Esther. This is... uh, I'll give you... (laughs) Come on, Billy, you're killing me. Yeah, so. yeah. It's also Sarita. You guys. Yeah, you yeah. two are like children. I didn't yeah. say anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Watch him a cauliflower. So, yeah. So, if you guys, you want me to give you a little recap to kind of get you back to where we were. Um, Mordecai, of course, uh, won't bow to Haman, and Haman gets super pissed. He creates that decree. Uh, that says we're going to kill all the Jews, right? And then what happens is um, Esther, by seeing Mordecai wail in the streets, and he's so upset, uh, and he's wearing sackcloth and ashes, you know, then he, uh, she tries to get him to change his clothes. And then um, Esther wanted to get time with the king. It was something that she wanted Mordecai to fast for. They they get to that point. And so uh, in our last, in chapter five, they they she actually gets time with the king and uh, gets uh, him to bring Haman to a feast. And then after he leaves, 
Um, Haman is very happy, but he gets irritated when he sees Mordecai. And so he goes home and he tells his wife, you know, I've got all this awesome stuff and none of it matters, right? None of it matters because of Mordecai the Jew. Well, in the last, in chapter five, if you guys remember, I broke, I, I've told you from the very beginning since the holiday kickoff that we have these acrostics that show up in this book. So YHVH, it's either forward or it's backward. And we, if you remember in chapter one, verse 20, when Mamakin's speaking and he's like, hey, the, the, the wives will respect us, you know, if you do this, uh, King Haman, if you put Queen Vashti away, that's whenever uh, a Gentile is speaking and it's in like the negative. And so that's whenever you see the acrostic in reverse. So then, and I said in the last episode, chapter five, that um, there was another one that shows up in verse four. And if you remember, it was Yabo Hamalek Haman Hayom, let come the king and Haman this day. And what I didn't do was tell you there was another one in that chapter, in chapter five. And there was a reason, because I really wanted you to see it for today, because this is where it gets really cool uh, in this story. This is when you really see God showing up. So in that same chapter, chapter five, verse 13, now we see it in reverse again. So when Esther speaks, it's forward. When Memican speaks, it's backward. And this one, uh, chapter five, verse 13, uh, it's pronounced, it's Zeh Enyeb Shoveh. This availeth nothing to me. That's whenever, what's his name? Haman is saying, I don't care what I've got. I've got all these riches. I'm second powerful man. You know, I've got all these sons. And look, I'm even getting to go into this special feast with the king and Esther. And none of this matters to me. Right there where he says, this availeth nothing to me. That's when the next acrostic shows up. This poor guy. It, I don't mean I feel bad for him. I just mean like, can you imagine being a person that's so wrapped up in one ancillary aspect of your life that it's ruining the rest of your life? Like yeah. that's terrible. It's I know Mordecai a lot of derangement people. syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we didn't know Mordecai. <laughs> right. Maybe. Yeah. So that I just want everybody to understand five verse thirteen. That's where the third of the four acrostics shows up, and it's really these critical times, you know, where these characters are saying things that are that are meaningful here. So. What I'd like to do, uh, if you guys remember in the last episode also that I had said that I felt like Haman probably went to bed, you know, pretty well that night, you know, because his wife was like, ah, just kill Mordecai. And he's like, yeah, I like that idea. Let's build a gallow. And he just went to bed and slept like a baby, in my opinion, right? So uh, if you don't mind, Rita, would you read Esther chapter six, verse one through three? On that night, the king could not sleep, and he gave orders to bring the book of memorable deeds, the Chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written how Mordecai had told about Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs who guarded the threshold and who sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor or distinction has been bestowed upon Mordecai for this? The king's young men who attended him said, Nothing has been done for him. Right. So just to sort of recap a little bit more at the end of 15, if you remember, okay, so he's, Haman's going to have Mordecai killed. And so he knows that's what he's going to do. But the king, as they go to bed that night, the king can't sleep. He's having a hard time sleeping. He's got insomnia. And so he Which tells- Which is weird because he's drunk. Exactly. 
So that's another one, like in your mind, when this, when these kind of things happen, you have to feel like God's behind it. He's mm-hmm. got to be, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, this isn't just chance, man. There's it also so makes many you chan- think when you can't sleep. Yeah. Like, what's, what's, what's weighing what's on your brain? Yeah. yeah. I've been up since 1.30 this morning, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Ew. It's uh, guilty conscience. No, <laughs> no, not at all. But just feeling, you know, not being able to sleep and then saying, okay, Get me the book of the Chronicles. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna give me give me something dry. And that's exactly what you would think. Like he's trying to get bored. And I think you're right. He's probably just like, all right, please put me to sleep. Yeah. Would you get the phone book? You know, yeah. like yeah. just read the phone book. But it just so happens that he turns to the page and he reads about what Mordecai had done. If you remember in chapter two, Mordecai discovers the plot of these two eunuchs, Big Than, what is it? Big Thana and Teresh. Um Big, Big Thana. Thana. I know. Isn't that the name of the girl that's I like, like it when they call me Big Thana. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the name of the girl that's over in Russia right now? No, that's Brittany Griner. That's Brittany. Yeah. Sorry. Close. <laughs> <laughs> she that might be her tall. prison name. Big <laughs> Thana. <laughs> she was just pled guilty, by the way. She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come over here, Big Thana. Anyway. <laughs> Or isn't that the place, like, if you want to go, if you're a big guy and you want to go sit and sweat? That's where Mike Tyson goes to sweat it out. He goes to the big sauna. He goes to the big sauna. Speaking of Mike Tyson. We all do terrible Mike Tyson. Did you see where his his new edibles came out? Oh, And I do not. um, Edibles. Like weed edibles? Yeah, yeah. They're in the shape of little tiny ears. I am not lying. I know we talked about it on the last episode or the one... uh, Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That man understands marketing. He does, and he. It says it's it's go go look it up. It's fantastic. He's that's genius. Yeah. Wow. That man he understands. He has taken mm-hmm. what people criticized him and made fun of him, and now what he's known for. And I'm gonna make a billion dollars with it selling pot. Sure. Can you name the boxer that he chewed his ear off of? Ovander. Oh, Holy yeah. What's Holy yeah. That's right. That's right. Even that's I knew that, and I'm a girl. <laughs> I love it when you call me Big Thana. You used to buy him because the holy ears. That was a pretty good Tyson, actually. Yeah, that was, that, that was good. Uh, I just did my work ethic. I'm going to go do the Big Thana. Yeah, that was good, too. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just do- I got nothing. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got, I nothing. got nothing. So what you know difference- What's up? I'm sorry to interrupt. No, it's all right. You know something that's interesting? We we just did a, a previous study, and we were talking about who wrote this and, and uh, how we can find out who they wrote this and then things that were added. One of the things that I found in one of my books is said, this book was written sometime after the death of Hasseraris, but the writer's nationalism and familiarity with Persian history, customs, and vocabulary made it likely that the unknown author was a Jew living in Persia. And it says in the Greek version, Esther is placed among the historical books and has been lengthened by six additional passages containing 107 verses not found in the Hebrew text, and they added God and prayer. And we were talking earlier where God wasn't in it. Well, somebody decided to put him in. How about that? I've never heard that. Very cool. And for those of you that live in Asheville, it's him, her, it, we, you, they, or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So, the king can't sleep. All right. So, in Proverbs 4, 14 through 17, it talks a little bit about sleep. Do you mind to read that one? Proverbs 4, 14 through 17. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it, turn away from it, and pass on. 
for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Yeah, so I think this is the reason why, for both reasons that I think why Haman probably slept because he was doing wrong and Hazuerus couldn't because he, he wasn't yet. <laughs> you know, it's just interesting to me. But if you want... Um, We'll just we'll just count on the listener to go back to Esther chapter two verses twenty one through twenty three. If you want to follow up, you can reread uh, what happened. I will tell you that the big Thani dude and Teresh, they were both hanged on the gallows, and Mordecai was hanging out at the king's gate. King's gate when he discovered the plot, right? Well, that's where he's at in sackcloth and ashes now. So this it's kind of interesting. So does the, he not have a job? Who? <laughs> Mordecai. <laughs> he's just hanging out you know, at the gate. I think he's one of the king's advisors. He hangs out at the gate, and that's what that's who hung out. People just didn't hang out there. I don't know. It doesn't talk about his occupation. That is a really good question. Yeah. That's a great question. Where did, might, the, where did the 75 He probably had like a little dipping dots right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She was go big or go home. <laughs> no, no, no. They said they were hung from 75 feet. Where did that, where, where did that number come from? Yeah, 75 feet. It was that's uh, how many cubits the height of the gallows were. Yeah, he wanted to know where that number came from. Seventy-five feet, yeah. or the cubits. Oh yeah, so uh, a cubit is eighteen inches. Yeah, I so just went 50- back. I just went back after I read this. I went back. I'm looking. I didn't find that, so that's why I was yeah, asking yeah, yeah. about so it. Yeah, yeah. So it's fifty cubits, and the cubit is eighteen inches. So fifty times eighteen is nine hundred divided by twelve is seventy-five feet. That's how we got it. How about that quick ancient math, huh? Look at you. That's what I'm talking about. But (laughs) next time we need a guy to convert. He is an engineer, by the way. Actually, Mordecai probably ran the big fauna. (laughs) (laughs) The callback. (laughs) All right. So now let's read a little bit more of Esther. So where we are, the king is sitting there and he looks at the servant. He's like, all right, so Mordecai saved my life. What did we do? Like, what did we do for Mordecai? So chapter six, verse four through five, Sarita. And the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the king's palace to speak to the king about having Mordecai hanged on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's young men told him, Haman is there, standing in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So do you guys remember in the last one, we were like, So how is Haman allowed to just hang Mordecai? And we were like, Oh, probably because he's powerful or because, you know, whatever. Uh, He's there early in the morning to get this done. He has to see the king to get permission permission. to kill him. And you can almost see it. Like he's just be bopping in. He's so excited. He slept good. Man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this dude. Yeah, a little hungover. hungover, But you know, I'm I I get to kill somebody. Yeah. I get I get rid of this. Slept with misery all night. Remember that was her name. (laughs) Misery loves company. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, but you're right. He's probably coming in there. Yeah. He's got his head high. Like he's I'm the early. man. I'm early. I'm gonna get this done. Yeah, I'm gonna hammer man. down. So yeah, I gotta and get that. I, dude I got a big killed. feast going on tonight with the queen. Man, That's it's I, you know it's party time. Ain't exactly gonna be sleeping right. tonight though. Yeah. So the king asks, like, who's here? And it's Haman. Of course, Haman's there. And he's like, let him come in, right? So if you wouldn't mind, would you read us uh, uh, chapter six, verse six through nine? So Haman came in, and the king said to him, What should be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? And Haman said to himself, Whom would the king delight to honor more than me? He's so arrogant. And Haman said to the king, That wasn't in the Bible, by the way. (laughs) For the man whom the king delights to honor, let royal robes be brought, which the king has worn, and the horse which the king has ridden, 
and on whose head a royal crown is set. And let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials. Let them dress the man whom the king delights to honor, and let them lead him on the horse through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. So Haman's coming in with a purpose, right? He wants to kill Mordecai. That's the whole plan. He's thinking, I'm going to go in here and tell the king what's up. The king's going to be like, here's signet ring, you know, boom, kill him, whatever, do your, do your thing. And so when he walks in, the king's like, so tell me, Haman, what would you do for a man that the king wants to honor? And immediately Haman's assuming it's himself, right? And what do they say about assume? It makes a donkey out of you, of you and, and me. me. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what he does, right? What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) isn't this awesome? Like, I love it because he's he's telling the king, oh, yeah, if you're going to honor him, this is what I would do. But here's the cool part. One of the things I was thinking about when I was reading this, and I don't know if you noticed this in the notes or not, Sarita, but he really tells on himself, doesn't he? Like, when you're you're the second most powerful man in, in the empire— underneath the king only. And the king says, if I was going to delight somebody, what would you do? And he says, put him on the king's horse, give him the king's robes, put the king's crown on him, let let an official noble walk him around and say, this is who the king wants to honor. Well, he's really letting himself know who he wants to be. And I think, in my opinion, this is just opinion and speculation, I think if Haman gets half the chance that the king is dead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like coup d'etat, like he's taken over. But here's the thing. I don't know how it works in Persia. I don't know how it works, you know. But it seems like those who are in power are the ones who are able to rule. And so in my opinion also, this is just opinion, guys. I think it's interesting that there was already a plot on King Ahasuerus' life in this story. Because as, they, as you were walking us into this, yes, I had the same thought. Yeah, very good. Because that anger that those two men had, what was it? Vashti was being deposed. So that was probably their power. That was probably their in was through Vashti, most likely with those eunuchs. I don't know. Huh. It's Game of Thronesy, baby. It, like, that's what's going on. And now, like, I don't know that Sarita's right, but go back to Sarita's comment about why was he hanging around who hangs around the gate. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it looks like an actual power struggle. Yeah. Not that, I'm not sure that Sarita's right because of all the wailing and et cetera and et cetera. If he was such a public figure, if he was, in fact, any advisor that was anywhere near the king or could get anywhere near the king, you think the king would be aware of him and his wailing already. So, I'm not sure he could be close in any way, shape, or form. But it does possibly take on a more interesting light. I think that, well, to get back to your question, what you said about does he have a job, Billy, Mm -hmm. Mordecai, if you remember, he hung out at the gate because he was always watching to try to find out what was going on with Esther. Mm -hmm. Now that Esther's queen, Mordecai's taken care of because he's family. And so he doesn't really need a job. The queen of the empire is his niece, you know? Yeah, fair enough. So he probably just sitting around, hanging around. But it's good that he was because because he was there, he heard the plot. Did the king know that? The king no. found out about the plot no. in the Chronicles while he was while he was awake at night. That's what he read No, he does him. not know no, that Esther yeah, and yeah, yeah. No, okay, no, no, no. Okay, yeah. Oh, that okay, part. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. He get ready to find out. Right Do what? Now. He get ready to find out he right now. Getting ready to find out. Well, in a little bit. 
So in my opinion, Haman's really showing his, his true character. The king's not, he's too daft. He's not picking up on it. He's just not because he's an oaf, yeah. you know, his drinking buddy. But Haman's really saying, all right, if you want to honor this guy, make him just like the king. Because what he in fact is asking is what they do for a king after they win a battle and bring him into the city. And this is the Sousa the Citadel. This is the capital where the king's palace is. It seems like a lot. It's a lot for this dude. And that's what he really wants. So let's see what happens next. He sure gets a job when this is over. Yeah, verse 10 and 11. Then the king said to Haman, hurry, take the robes and the horse, as you have said, and do so to Mordecai the Jew. (laughs) I love it. Who sits at the king's gate. By the way, it's not that he didn't know where he was. He did, going back to what, what Andy was just saying, the king knew who was at the gate. He knew Mordecai the Jew was at the gate. He didn't have to ask, he hey, has anybody care. seen Mordecai lately? Anybody? Mordecai? Right, right, right. Oh, so he, he knew did, exactly right where yeah. he was. Sure. He, he was right at there the in front of the palace. Because yeah. I think he worked for the government. I don't know, maybe. Maybe he was the Jewish liaison. Yeah, maybe. Well, you don't go from nobody to prime minister if you don't have something. Right. Yeah, I mean, true. you know, he gets That's true. he gets the top job. I mean, he's so got the queen. But you can go from prime minister to nobody, as we saw today. <laughs> Boris Johnson, UK, yeah, with just a did you really just hurl him out. He resigned. He resigned. Oh, good. Yeah. They put a cat in his place. <laughs> nice. Sorry, I just the the mental picture of this is so delicious. I love it. I know. I love this. Like, eat it up. Then eat the king up. said to Haman, "Hurry." Take the robes and the horse, as you have said, and do so to Mordecai the Jew who sits at the king's gate. Leave out nothing that you have mentioned. So Haman took the robes and the horse, and he dressed Mordecai and led him through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Mm-hmm. Talk about lessons. Mm. You know, people people say this, that, and the other about the Bible, but there are lessons everywhere, and you can learn about putting yourself forward uh, and being put all the way back. So, take lessons from every little thing that you can. And here's a big lesson, especially to teach your kids about what can happen when you put yourself above. Do you know what I love? This is so awesome. This is the first time that the king says, Mordecai, the Jew. If you, if you notice, earlier on in chapter 2, Mordecai saves him. It doesn't say anything about being the Jew. Whenever they read the Chronicles about him, the Chronicles don't say Mordecai, the Jew. But when he speaks to Haman, he says, go to Mordecai, the Jew. Is that a little telling? Did you notice that before? And I he didn't knows, put it in the notes. and he knows where she came from because she came. You know, he knew that she was with Mordecai, so he would have, based on that, would have had to know that she was Jewish. I then don't think too. he did. They kept that a secret. They they kept their relationship secret. That's why they did. That's why we the assume King's that. Well, the we do eunuchs. because you know the as as Sharita said earlier, the king knew Mordecai was there. I think the king knew a lot more than. Than people He's not thought. the big dumb oaf we think he is. No, no, no. Kings don't last that long if they're big if dumb. If they're oaf, dumb, sure. Yeah, especially in that era. That's absolutely. True. Yeah, great point. Yep, good point. So, do you think he understands the Game of Thronesy play that's going on with Haman and Mordecai? Now, 
Haman has already asked for the permission to execute Mordecai and his people, but now he's making Haman honor Mordecai the Jew. The Jew. I mean, it's bizarre. Like, yeah. It's and I didn't really think of it until just now, but that is bizarre. The king knew exactly what he was doing. Did the king know the decree? Because he didn't send it. Haman did with the signet ring of the king. But, and he just said the people don't worship you. They don't. They worship other gods. They. He didn't say what. Did he ever say what people? Uh, maybe. I don't remember. But anyway. Anyway, yeah, we're really getting deep in here. But he says Mordecai the Jew. Like, that's the first time you hear it. And then, so the king knows that he's one of those people most likely that are going to be killed, I guess. We- okay, so I know, or I think I know, that most of you were not a woman. <laughs> Maybe all of you were not a woman? I don't yes. know. <laughs> you are accurate. I have been angry. My name and is I've Kaylee had, Hicks. <laughs> I have had to do things in my anger that I did not want to do. And so, thus, slamming doors, driving fast. So, can you imagine the anger with which Haman was, put the crown on his dead gum head, I'm going to put the robe around him, I'm going to lead the stupid horse around in a square, and I'm going to say, thus it shall be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. (laughs) Oh, he's mad. He's oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's ticked. Saying so it through I, clenched teeth. Like, I've had to do things I didn't want to do because I have been humbled to a point, and I'm angry about it. And I, I mean, so I, I can just see Haman seething, and that just, can just, un. Yeah. And then he's leading the horse. Get on the horse, Mordecai. Come on, let's get this over with. I'm going to hang you in a minute. So you just enjoy this right now. If he'd have been under- smart enough, he would have kept his anger in check and might have realized I need to go to the king and back this up so I live. Yeah. I wonder if he's realized that he's probably not going to get to hang this dude now. He, I think he knows very I mean, well because I mean, of the yeah, way he dresses. Just, yeah. yeah, he's probably all <sighs> We're getting up. it. Absolutely. Hey, Misery, go take that thing down. Misery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Misery. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, let's move on. So that uh, Matthew 23, 12 uh, something that Jesus says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And this, uh, guys, that's what this looks like. You know, <laughs> whoever tries to exalt himself will be humbled. In this case, absolutely. So now I want you to imagine, guys, the end of this. He's already paraded Mordecai around. He's given him everything that he wanted. And this is the guy that he hates and loathes and wants to kill. And just last night, he was building the gallows, Right. So now you get to the end of the parade. He's got to take Mordecai off the horse. He's got to get those royal robes off. What do you think is underneath those royal robes? The sackcloth, sackcloth. And ashes. Yeah. And so he, it's time to go back to where we started. That's where we're like, the day is done. And so where do we think that Mordecai went? Where do you think, what do you think Haman's going to do? So if you would read uh, verse 12 through 14, we're going to learn what they, what they do. Then Mordecai returned to the king's gate. But Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. And Haman told his wife, Zeresh, and all his friends everything that had happened to him. Then his wise men and his wife, Zeresh, said to him, If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him, but will surely fall before him. While they were yet talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried to bring Haman to the feast that Esther had prepared. So right after this big pomp and circumstance, where Mordecai is paraded around by his entire by the enemy of the Jew, 
he goes back to where he started. And the reason I believe that is because number one, the decree hasn't changed and Esther hasn't changed her command. So he's still in wailing. I don't even know if he knows why, because even though he said, this is what the king wants to do to honor you, he doesn't, it's not like they told him why. I mean, I guess they could say because you saved the king's life, but it doesn't really say. So it's all just speculative at best. We don't know if he even knows, but we do know that he's not done. He has to go back to the gate, back in sackcloth and ashes, just like he was. That's where he's going. But look at the difference in Haman. He's mourning and he puts a head covering on. Shame. I know. Shame. 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 Second man in power. Yes. And so then he heads back to this house to go to Zeresh and the friends. What did the king say? What did the king say? What did yeah. the king say? How'd it go, bro? You going to be hanging some dude? Nope. And so he tells them, uh, yeah, I had to do all this stuff with Mordecai today. <laughs> and so they're like, hey, but. This is another little clue. Listen to what they say to him, right? Listen real close. If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him. Now, notice the king said Mordecai the Jew, and they're recognizing, wait, so if Mordecai is of the Jewish people, (gasps) he knows he's a Jew. Right? He knows. The king knows he's a Jew. So you will not overcome him, but will surely fall before him. What a drastic change of events, huh? And so what I had thought of was while he's sitting there talking to his wife, you remember just a few short hours before, he's telling them, oh, this really sucks. And the wife's like, hey, build a gallow. Things are cool. Like Andy said, get out the engineering specs, you know? Build this gallow. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Let's do that. Then it's just, what is it? Just a few hours later, I imagine that he hears the sound of the gallows being built. Yep. Just the hammering of the nails. Right. He's he's order he's got a work order. He's got people have like started hauling lumber. Amazon has delivered all his order. Yeah. Or yep. Home Depot. So his whole, you know, this what whole, I don't understand is that this all didn't take care. This all didn't take place right away because it was some time before all of that took place. What are you talking they, about? Where they had that big battle. So why didn't he at some point try to redo all of this stuff and backtrack before he got hung? You're like a, you're ahead. Like you're ahead hanging, of where we are. I don't know. Oh, but the hanging, I, I know. i there yet. I know. But I'm just curious as to. He can't undo the order, remember? Well, I he can't undo the decree, and he is forced to come to the banquet that Esther has prepared. So like he all can't of even things, answer Zaresh. He yeah. has to go. Yeah, exactly. Because when they're like, oh, because of the Jewish people, then you're probably going to be, you know, you're going to get whacked. And he's like talking over all these loud, pow, pow. You know, they got their nail guns going mm-hmm. on, you know, the crane. <laughs> they're trying to lift the gallow. And he's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden the eunuchs show up and they're like, hey, man, Esther's ready. <laughs> you got to yeah. you tell your hey, wife, hey, hey tell her to take that thing hey, down. Hey, <laughs> guy. Hey, we're, we're hey, ready. Man. Yes, queen. Yeah. <laughs> so She's- what a difference a night can make, huh? Pride yep. goeth before a so, fall. That's true. So is this is this the original 80s ski movie? Yes. <laughs> it sure is. Feels a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's it for this chapter. And now, next, chapter seven, it just keeps amping up. I love it. 
I mean, do you know a soap opera that's any better than this? Uh, only on no, Telemundo. Is, is. <laughs> oh, Telemundo. Como está, Hester? Mi corazón es muy... <gasps> Marisa. Oh, my, mi corazón. <laughs> Sorry, I suck at this. <laughs> what did you say? Está rompio. It's broken. <laughs> Mi, cor, mi corazón es de rompio. 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 <laughs> got to roll your R's. My name is Ricky. I've got ridges. You're Ricardo. Yeah. And All right. Sarita. My heart is broken. Can't do it. Yeah. Bad All ass. right. So I'm I've got a Jew it. joke, but it's not a racist one. Hey. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I, I, if you had not said that. <laughs> yeah. So there is uh, this Jewish couple, Mort and Esther, okay? And every year they go to the state fair. They love it, okay? And every year when they go, Mort always tells Esther, you know, I'd really like to take a ride in that helicopter that goes over the fair. And Esther always responds, Mort, the helicopter ride is $50. And $50... It's $50. So this next, you know, this goes on for years and years. And finally, they're at the fair and they're really old. And Mort says, Esther, I'm 85 years old. And if I don't ride that helicopter, I mean, I make it next year. And Esther says, look, it's $50. And $50 is $50. So the pilot that's sitting there knows these guys. He's been running this ride for years. And so he looks at him. He's like, you guys are ridiculous, you know, over 50 bucks. I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. I'll take you both for the ride. And if you can stay quiet during the entire ride, you will not have to pay a penny. All right. But if you say one word, 50 bucks. So they look at each other and they're like, you don't really know us, do you? Like, we know how to make sure, you know. So they agreed and the pilot takes them up. And you want to talk about like Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some aerial maneuvers going on. He is hammering down. And he does all these, you know, all these fancy maneuvers. But the whole time he's like, they're not saying anything. You know what I mean? And so after all his daredevil tricks are done, and they finally land. The pilot looks at Mort and he's like, I tell you what, I did everything I could to, to try to get you to say a word or to yell or something, but you didn't. I'm really impressed. And Mort says, well, I'll be honest with you. I was going to say something when Esther fell out, but you know, $50 is $50. <laughs> <laughs> did not see that turn. Did you not? Yeah, no, no, I didn't see that one. I like that one. It's I like good. that. See, it wasn't racist. See? A racist would say. <laughs> yeah. It's a racist not racist till you said that. Sorry. Well, I'm super excited about chapter seven, guys. I can't wait. This just gets better and better and better. So it's just um, the dragon. The dragon comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it were me. And he, he said, go put the robes on him. I'm like, take down that scaffold and somebody go find that piece of paper and <laughs> get me a horse because <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'll take a donkey. <laughs> Zeresh made me do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks, Billy, Ralph, Sarita, Annie. Thanks for being here. And um, I got some exciting news coming up, guys. Uh, in uh, Andy and I, the Burroughs, are actually going to be traveling to Virginia Beach. We have got um, a roundtable that we're doing with several men. Uh, yeah, Pastor, that's exciting. It is. Pastor David Curtis, that is uh, 
uh, at Berean Bible Church is allowed to, uh, has, is hosting it at the church for us on our behalf, uh, inviting the boroughs there. And we're going to be doing um, testimonies with him and his wife and uh, with Jeffrey McCormick and Bob Cruikshank. I just spoke to Michael Sullivan and uh, he sent us some books, guys. Uh, he wrote this book called House Divided, which was really awesome. It's about the millennial reign in regard to preterism. He's bringing them down, actually meeting him. He's driving from Knoxville to come meet me on Sunday. And then, but yeah, and we're trying to get everybody up there so that we can do this roundtable and also have all those testimonies. It's going to be an exciting summer. Uh, I'm very excited, honestly. And then I just found out uh, that Gary DeMar uh, will be in studio September the 1st. Oh, cool. So that's super cool. And then there's a couple other guys. I'm not going to mention them yet, but we got a couple other guys coming. And uh, I did send a message to Madison Cawthorn. So let's see how that oh, works. No. Uh, he's going to be in your house. Oh, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want it. I know Maddie. How about AOC? I know he used to, he came to my shop. He was actually a pretty nice guy before he got all, you know, crazy. You know, he wasn't that crazy before. He was a kid when I knew him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew him whenever he was running. He came to the shop, but uh, like he was a physically nice kid. running or running for office? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh. <laughs> Love you, Maddie. There is nothing better than making fun of, you know, people in wheelchairs. <laughs> We apologize unreservedly. Oh, I like those signs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> we will talk to you next time on the Burrows of Berea. See ya. Hey, guys, this is Rick from the Burrows of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea, you'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. Could be the monkey. Are you a believer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So cute. That's so funny. He's right. He's going to come back after 10 days and that cat's going to be full grown. Yep. You know, he, he can't hear that. Poor guy. He doesn't have his earphones on. Oh. No, he does. Wait. Quit talking about him. <laughs> I know. You can hear the cat playing. You, and you know that it, I have it on tape, right? Yeah, yes. it's like <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about how you were going to go Bang, for ten days, and that cat is going to be like a full-grown cat. When I you am get so back. sad about that. I know. I am legitimately bummed. If yeah. there was a way, where'd you get that cat from? A bush. <laughs> like a burning George bush. bush? No, thank God. Oh, you went George. I went burning. George Bush. Yeah. yeah. If it was a burning bush, this would be a different story. <laughs> It'd be much less cute. Um, no, we were walking <laughs> our three dogs and our foster, who's officially been adopted, who's going home Saturday. So oh, we'll wow. be back down to no. three dogs, only three dogs, and a thousand cats. You're going to uh, be back to three dog night. Yeah, three dog night. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and we were walking four dogs, and from the from a bush on the side of the road, there was a screaming. and uh, No way. Yeah, I heard it. And I was like, oh, God, that's a kitten. And my wife was like, oh, yes, it is. And then she reached in and grabbed it out. And here he is. He's, I know. 
It's and you know what's funny is like I am deathly allergic to cats, but that cat doesn't bother me for some reason. Maybe I'm not allergic anymore. Well, he doesn't really go in the back room, so maybe that's got a lot to do with it. Maybe I run an fine. air filter in the front room. Yeah. 24-7. But normally, like, if I see a cat, my nose really? and my throat start to freak out. Well, that's good But to I know. feel nothing. Huh. Like, I have no emotion. Maybe he's like I could kill that cat and never hypo, feel a thing. Maybe he's one of those hypoallergenic <laughs> breeds or something. Yeah, he's a bush cat. He's okay. He's, he's a okay. bush cat. <laughs> Does that make him Australian? <laughs> yeah. In the bush. In the bush. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 